very much too hot with the kangaroo, so what did I do? I went to Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and I made that comedy side guys. Oh yeah. Comedy side guys. <laughs> comedy side guys. Oh yes. Comedy side guys. Go Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia. I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everybody listening on CITR 101.9 here for the first 30 minutes of the show. Sirius XM top comic nominee and undefeated everyone is Jonas champion. I'm joined today by <laughs> comedian Cassie Cow. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I uh, endured a harrowing bus ride to be here, so... <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about the tour? Sure. I mean, there's not that much to say. I'm I'm a I'm a stand-up, and this is actually this is like my first major tour that I've done. I guess uh, last year I came to Alberta for about a week. I did uh, one day in Edmonton, and then a few days in Calgary. And this time, I'm touring through Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver. And for a hot minute, I thought I was going to go down to Seattle, but then like some things fell through, so I was I'm not going to go anymore. But yeah. Well, we talk a lot on this show about uh, how hard it is for Canadians to go to America and do comedy. Yeah, I think that's changing. I don't really know. I've personally never done comedy down in the States. Uh, I know a lot of my friends have, and it's like a really complicated process to either get your visas or kind of like go over the border surreptitiously. <laughs> like it seems really complicated to do it. Uh, I was invited to do a show down in Seattle, but then my ride fell through, so I just didn't bother. Like oh, fair enough. Back up. So it's a, a completely different reason than uh, most of the people that I talk to about it. Well, I'm also like not big enough to try to expand down to the States right now anyway. Like I'm not really close to getting a visa or anything like that. Right. I just think it would be fun because they invited me, but I'm not like trying to go down there and like network my way through an industry. Well, if you're invited, doesn't that mean you're big enough? Oh, just for, like, one show, you know? So that's right. why, like, when it fell through, I wasn't like, I have to go down there. Like, I'm not – there's no, like, club that's like, do you want to come and pass at our club, you know? Right. What's your been your favorite room in Vancouver so far? So I haven't done that many rooms in Vancouver yet because I just got here a couple days ago. Um, but you know what? Last night I did a show at the Vancouver Yuck Yucks, and it was so good. It was, I want to say, one of the best shows I've done this tour – the crowd was like they filled that room it must be at least like 200 people in there and it was a tuesday night it was crazy and i feel like people were laughing at bits of my act that normally don't really get laughs like even at setups and stuff like that it was very validating it was really nice so the crowd was ready for it and yeah they were super hot and they were really nice i will also say like my act is created in toronto so i do feel it's a little bit more urban like it just is made in the city you know and yeah. so before i got to vancouver i was in edmonton and up in calgary and uh well the audiences there just tend to be a little bit more blue collar and they're just not as accustomed to like lots of like immigrants and stuff like that you know like a lot of urban problems i guess right and so i think vancouver is just like a little bit of a bigger city and so people were more like attuned to what i was saying Cool. So, but you found it better than even a Toronto crowd? Oh, Toronto crowds are not that good, (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, Because, like, in Toronto, Toronto's such a big city. There's so much fun stuff to do that comedy tends to not really be on the priority list 
you know? So uh, it's really notoriously difficult to fill out a room in Toronto. Because on any given night, you've got, like, sports or, like, dancing or clubs or whatever. There's, like, tons of stuff going on in the city. So the the shows in Toronto, uh, like, obviously some of them are really good, the ones that are promoted really well and, and like, produced really well. But, uh, like, your average Tuesday night show is not going to get, like, a big crowd. I guess there's some advantages to a smaller city in that way. Yeah, well, that's actually why uh, it's good to go on tour, and I like to go on tour because there's a lot more stage time and a lot of, like, good audiences that are out west. Well, and out east probably. I don't know. I haven't gone east yet. So speaking of Toronto, you uh, told me you started at Second City Improv there. Yeah, yeah. When I moved to Toronto, I moved to go do the Second City. So I did start at improv before I did stand-up. Where are you from before Toronto? Before Toronto, I was living in Ottawa. I was working at the Bank of Canada there. And then I just, uh, I don't like Ottawa that much. My parents live in Ottawa, so like I've been there for a while. And it's a really boring city. Like it's really nice, it's really pretty, but there's like not that much to do out there. And also at that time, I didn't really have any friends in Ottawa. Because uh, I did high school there, and so all my friends like went to university somewhere else. Yep. So when I went back there for work, there, like I didn't know anybody. I just worked so much because there was nothing else to do. And then I uh, heard about the Second City in Toronto, and then I transferred offices to go to Toronto to do comedy. Were you already doing improv at that point? No. And uh, what made you make the switch from improv to stand-up? Were you, were you always sort of doing both? I They were kind of concurrent. Like I started stand-up not long after I started improv but at the time I was more successful in improv and also improv is more structured right like improv you have to go do that class every week and then you have class shows and there's a lot of like peer pressure that it's not pressure but it's just like structure to get you to do shows and stuff like that whereas with stand-up it's entirely self-motivated like if you don't want to go do a show you don't have to right so at the start Especially, I'd never done any comedy before. I didn't I didn't even know about stand-up until I was in university. Like, I didn't grow up around that kind of culture or anything. So at the start, it made a lot of sense for me to do more improv, and there was more of a community type of feel. So I did that, and I did do some stand-up, but then I wouldn't do it for very much. I would do, like, a couple shows every couple months. Like, it wasn't really grinding it. And then I did improv. Up, I was reasonably successful in improv I guess like in so far as like no one's really as successful in improv there's like no such thing um but I was I was working at the second city and then I also did a bad dog theater in Toronto and I had a lot of opportunity through there and then just some stuff happened and I just quit everything for about a year I uh, had graduated from my master's degree at that point and I'd started a new job in Toronto that was really uh time and like psychologically consuming and so I just didn't do anything for that year I just worked a lot and I was really sad about it and um I'd also created a web series so I did a web series and then I stopped doing comedy and then that job was really terrible and then once I left that job and I decided to go back to doing comedy I just only did stand up I just didn't go back to doing improv How do you get into stand-up in the first place? So for me personally, I took a class at the Second City because I was already at the Second City doing improv and they offered like a stand-up 101 type of class. 
Um, but actually now when young comics or just like people who like stand up ask me what they should do, I never recommend doing the class. I think now that I'm in stand up, like I see what kinds of, I don't know, the I don't think the value of those classes is teaching you how to write jokes because I don't think anybody can teach anyone how to write jokes. Like everyone has their own style. And I actually think it can be damaging when you're starting out for someone to tell you, oh, a joke has to look like this because then you can get that in your head and not be able to develop your own voice, which I think is not necessarily the best way to do it. But one of the good things about taking a class is that it gives you that structure that I was talking about, right? You go every week, you develop a five minute thing, and then you have a group of people that you do your first shows with that you develop things with. So you have a little bit of a built-in community. So that is nice. But I do think that if you have the 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 stamina or just like the guts to do it it makes sense to just go do open mics right away and build community through the open mic scene yeah yeah you covered a lot of uh questions i was going to ask there oh Um, (laughs) so you mentioned your uh degree there your master's degree uh, in economics i believe yeah uh do you find that makes its way into your act Mm, so when i started stand-up and i would write these like very basic jokes I did have some jokes about economics like of course I had an interest rate based joke um I don't really do anything about that anymore I don't talk about my my economics job in my act the only thing I would say that it impacts my act in any way which not I would say not only impacts my act but just impacts the way that I speak and look at the world and all that is uh I think that economics gives you a really good system of like analyzing social situations and just like anything. It's like almost like just a framework that you can use to do like cost benefit analysis and stuff like that. So I have a really analytical mind by nature and I think a lot of it due to like my education in economics. And I like to apply those sorts of like really rigorous like scientific type of um analysis to break down social situations which you know is a lot of what observational comedy is about so that's what i try to do i don't know if that's like actually accurate <laughs> so it, do- it doesn't go directly into your act but it it helps develop it the skills you learn i think so i think that it really has affected the way that i look at the world like i i really even though i'm not currently doing economics uh for you know money <laughs> yeah. i do think that having done econ has has been a really big part of like shaping the way that I view the world and I operate through the world. Yeah. Uh, So you you mentioned briefly Bad Dog Theatre Company. Yeah. Um, Can you tell me a bit about that? Oh, sure. Um, So Bad Dog is just uh, another improv theatre in Toronto. There's a few. And they're really great. I don't work with them anymore, but I did a few years ago and I was pretty involved in that community and I really like them. I think they're great. They, as opposed to Second City, in Second City they teach improv, but their final products are sketches. So like they, their philosophy is they use improv to write sketches. But if you go see their main stage shows, those are all sketch shows. Like if you go every night, they're exactly the same every night, right? So they're not improvised when you go see them it's just like they use improv as a tool to create sketch whereas bad dog theater is strictly an improv theater so all of their shows are improvised so there's no two shows that you'll see at at bad dog that are the same and i think that they teach a lot of really cool 
things. I think they're really big on community building and on inclusivity and diversity. And also what I like about Bad Dog is that they are, they stress like, they stress elevating improv to be an, a, a really theatrical art form. Whereas sometimes if you go see, especially amateur level improv, it can feel very cheap. And also, I don't know, just like by nature of improv not having any rules or, or being planned, it can fall apart like very quickly, you know? I'm sure you've seen an improv yeah, show and yeah. it's like real rough. Um, but it, at Bad Dog, they, they really stress teaching you theatrical scene work so that even though the show is improvised there's a narrative structure to it and it looks really good like when you're in the audience and you look at it it has elements that make it look like a movie it's obviously it's like hard to talk about it verbally like that i encourage everyone to go see a show at bad dog but they put on really really great productions so do you do scene studies and things a bad dog? It's not scene study because everything is still improvised. But for example, there was a uh, there was a class I took, like one one class within a program that I took that was just about how to use the stage, which I think people don't always think about. Like you're always very in your head about like how do I develop characters or make jokes or create stories or whatever. But there was just one class we did about how to create environment with the stage and then. We talked about how you can, for example, if there's like a really intense scene or you're like on a bus or you're in a chase or whatever, you can agree with your scene partners to do a slow motion scene. Or like if, uh, I don't know, like if you're in a like a fight scene where there's like a lot of things happening, you can decide collectively to pick up the scene and rotate it on the stage so that we see a different angle of the scene or something like that it's just like visually really striking and even though you like if everyone knows those tools you you with a team that knows you well enough can agree to do that in the moment and it is improvised like you didn't agree to it beforehand but you have the same shorthand of understanding like this is a good time to do that thing that we all know right Right. and so when you watch it it just like blows your mind because you're like these people are making it up on the spot how do they all know to slow down in slow motion right in this period and then as soon as that's over they all pick back up to the same speed like it looks so slick when you see it awesome is there one in vancouver do you know? I don't think so. I think Bad Dog is just in Toronto. Right. Well, I'll have to uh, check it out if I ever make my way over there. Yeah. Which I'm hoping to do. Uh, you were in an episode of Bajillionaires. I was. Oh, my God. How do you know that? Oh, is that online? It's on page two of Google. Okay. <laughs> and you're, uh, yeah, you'd be surprised what you find on page two of Google. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's my main way of researching people. <laughs> people, I... people go to the first three links. That's like the good stuff. Right. I got to page three with you, so we'll see. Really? I've never even looked at my own page two of Google. <laughs> uh, it was also on your IMDb. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I do. Ha- I forget that I have an IMDb because I don't manage it. My, my right. agents do, so I don't even know how to log in. I just like look at it every once in a while. Uh, w- what can you tell us about that being on uh, Bajillionaires? Um, I just saw it recently. Like I just got the clip uh, from production. It was my first TV show that I'd booked. I haven't been acting for that long. Like um, a year and a half ago, I was still an economist, so I haven't quit my job for very long. Um, and so, congratulations! I, thank you so much. I <laughs> am so aware that any moment I'll have to go back to work, but I still haven't run out of money. So you know, knock on wood. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, I I started when I quit my job. 
Well, first of all, when I first quit my job, I had really nothing going on in comedy. Like I was just doing open mics. I wasn't, it wasn't like I had tons of opportunity and that's why I quit my job. I just happened to quit my job. And then I was really depressed for a couple months afterwards. Um, but during that time, I got an agent and I started auditioning. And for whatever reason, I picked up acting quite quickly. Um, I think mostly because I have an improv background and, and there's not that many comedic well first of all there's no like asian girls that are comedy like i'm just like a very niche actor you know yeah and um because i had an improv background like that's really easy to break into commercial acting so i just picked it up really quickly which was quite lucky because i know a lot of people it does actually take them a while to get like used to the system and then to get seen by casting agents and stuff but i just for whatever reason went quite quickly through it and that's also why i was able to not go back to getting a day job because I started acting quite fast um so I mostly booked commercials I'm not a professional actor well I guess like now I am but I mean I don't have like a theater background or anything like that I never thought I would be an actor um so that was the first tv show that I booked and I think at the time I wasn't even a union actor yet so that was very exciting and um I shot it last year while I was on tour. I was in Alberta for like a week. I don't book that much, but every time I book, I'm always on tour. So I think I should just tour more so I can book more parts. Oh, totally. Hey there, lovely listeners. I'm Talia Murdoch, and I'm here to tell you about my show, Everything Economics. Every week, I talk about the world around you, specific social and economic issues, and dive into how fantasy realms would work in real life. That's Everything Economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Yeah. And so I was out here. I was in, well, not in Vancouver. I was in Calgary last year. I was doing Top Comic. And I was, I, the reason why I only did one day in Edmonton was because I had to cancel all my Edmonton dates to go back to Toronto to shoot that show. It was just one day. It was really quick. It was very fun, though. The show's really good, I think. Um, it's like, it's like Silicon Valley, but for children. It's like a bunch of kids that, like, create gadgets and like technology things in their backyard and it just seems like such a it's like a really fun show and i'm like very uh flattered to have been on it has your episode aired? yeah it aired not long ago like maybe a month or two ago yeah so it's been a really long time that i've been waiting to see it but it looks so good i actually because it was quite fast because the show is mostly about kids and there's rules about how long kids can work on set right yeah so my scene had no children in it so it was the very last scene of the day so that they could do all the stuff with the kids and they could wrap them and let them go home and so then my scene was right at the end and i wouldn't say that i was well, whatever, like, they just didn't do a lot of takes. <laughs> they just did very few takes. I had very little coverage on me, and I almost thought, because it took so long for the episode to come out, I thought that, like, either they would have cut it, because it's also a short scene, or it would just be a lot of the back of my head. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> they just don't get coverage of your face. But I, I saw it recently. It looks it looks pretty good. It looks uh, a lot better than I thought it would. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope that leads to some uh, more spots for you as well. Yeah, I actually am shooting a show now. Like I booked a, a show. This is my second TV show that I booked. And of course, I'm still on tour. Um, so I've been flying back during my tour <laughs> to go shoot the show. Can you talk about it at all? So I think I'm not allowed to say what show it is, but it's going to be on the CBC. It's a new show. Like it's not an existing show yet. And it's a it's a comedy. 
and um I don't know. I was quite fun, except uh, this time they wanted me for many shoot days, which is uh, just, I think, the way that the scheduling worked out. Instead of me shooting all my stuff in one day, they spread it out over three shoot days over like five weeks or something. So it's great because, I mean, I love to be on set more because then you get to hang out with everyone and, you know, get more screen time acting time I don't know but uh of course it sucks because I'm on tour so I've just been having to book flights to go back to Toronto shoot for one day and then come back to finish my tour and like unfortunately my last shoot day conflicted with my weekend at the Vancouver Yuck Yuck so I had to cancel my weekend here which is you know too bad I would have liked to play at the club so speaking of the CBC you've uh written some articles for them in the past yeah the uh, 10 woke ways to talk dirty. Oh, no. These are, like, so embarrassing now. I feel like I wrote those over a year ago. <laughs> I like them, though. They're, um, the CBC was doing – actually, I don't know. I haven't submitted to them in a long time, but they were doing news parody articles like The Onion. Right. And it that format, I think it's, like, very fun to read, but I personally find it difficult to write. Like, I'm not very inspired by that particular format so a lot of comedians were submitting articles to the cbc at the time and i just like couldn't find anything that i wanted to write for it and then right around that time they they made a decision to open up to more broad formats like they wanted to become more like mcsweeney's instead of the onion yeah um especially because like in toronto well, not in Toronto, like in Canada, we also have uh, the Beaverton, which is also like the satire news articles. So I think they were trying to differentiate. I don't know. But they they opened up a lot of the formats and they were interested in doing like listicles and stuff like that, which I thought were a lot more fun to write in. So at the time I had submitted a lot of those articles and a couple of them got published, which was really fun. And then I just got busy and I haven't. And now... My contact that was there doesn't work there anymore, so I haven't really asked how to do it. Have you got any plans to submit to any other publications? Um, I'm actually, I'm trying to mostly submit to TV writing right now. So I don't have that much time to write because I'm quite busy. But my goal would be to get into TV writing. So that's like, those are the packages that I'm preparing now. So they don't, they're, they don't get published anywhere. Cool. Yeah. Is there uh, anything coming up with that? Still early days. No, I'm just putting the packages together and yeah. submitting them. Like I, most shows start in September, I think. I don't actually even really know. I'm not like very plugged into that industry. But for example, I'm probably going to put in a package to 22 Minutes. Oh, cool. Yeah, so that would be fun. I don't know if they'll hire me, but I think it would be fun to write that submission package for them oh for sure yeah yeah maybe they will i think they're they just wrapped on a new season so yeah they wrapped up i think in may or something so they always take the summers off and then they start again in september but like what's really good about the canadian tv shows is they take a lot of guest writers almost all of them do where you can go guest write for a week or two and it's like incredibly difficult to break into tv writing it's like i don't even really know that much about it i only know like some of my friends have done some gigs like that's the only reason i know anything about it um but i think that the like couple week guest spots are always 
like it's it's a great way for shows to test out new writers because it's low stakes like if they suck it's no big deal it's just like a one-way contract you know but it's also good for small writers and comedians to get some credits that way without having to get like a full season staff like that's just like a big thing to have to get yeah and it's a huge commitment as well yeah that's also true like especially for example like if you write for um 22 minutes you you just production happens in halifax so you just have to go there right so that is also but i don't think that they just hire anyone outright like i think you have to go and do guest spots a couple times and there's very few spots open anyway right right but last year i believe that 22 minutes i i don't know like I don't know what happens on their production, but a lot of my friends got hired onto 22 Minutes last year. I think they kind of overhauled the show a little bit. And that's been really nice to see a lot of fresh faces and like new voices get on a show that's had like such a long legacy. Yeah. Uh, I have one more question. It's from uh, page three of Google. Oh, no. Is it true you're an award-winning pianist? Is it? Kind of. Is this something that I wrote? This sounds like something I wrote. It was uh, in an article for a Toronto newspaper. They mentioned oh. you were an award-winning pianist. Yeah. I I have a... Okay. <laughs> so I played piano when I was young. So I played piano for about a decade. Right. And I didn't win anything major. Like, nothing to brag about, I think. But, like, when I was little... Just a couple I, of Junos. I... <laughs> Just, a, just a, a couple that I keep in my basement. Um, when I was little, I would compete. So, like, when I started piano, I was living in Quebec City. And I just, I know that I've done these, like, regional competitions. Uh, yeah. Especially, I think, like, especially when you're young, there's, like, a lot of them. And it's easy to win because everyone else is a six-year-old. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Yeah. But I do have, I do have some... Uh, some medals and some trophies. I don't even know where they're from anymore, but my parents keep them in glass cabinets in our house. Do you still play? Um, I can. Like, I, I can read sheet music and all that, but I, I haven't played in a long time, so I don't have any songs, like, memorized. Like, I can't just, like, whip it out at a party or anything. So, But I do have a piano in my house. going to isolate that sound bite. <laughs> well, what are you working on right now? Other than that, if there's anything we haven't covered. What am I working on? Well, I'm trying to enjoy the tour. I'm a very anxious person, so I always forget to enjoy what I'm doing right now and thinking about what I should be doing or what I will be doing later. So I'm trying to just, like, enjoy the fact that I'm on tour. I think this is, like, wild that I'm on tour. I never thought I would get paid to do comedy and travel across the country. It's pretty crazy. And this is my first time in Vancouver. I've never been here before, so that's that's really great. I'm also uh, shooting that TV show right now, so I've done two shoot days. I have one left um, at the end of my tour. So that's also really cool that people want to put me on TV. That's nuts. Uh, and then afterwards, actually, so I spent a long time booking this tour. I booked it all myself, and it just like was a grind getting every single show like one by one and lining it all up and booking flights and all that. Like, it's crazy. Like I just, I just want to be successful enough that I can hire someone else to do this sort of thing. Um, That's that's the dream. Yeah. Everything. I don't think that's, I don't think anyone in Canada even has that. (laughs) That's like so lofty. Um, But I just, I spent so much time booking this tour that I haven't really thought about what I would do after the tour. 
Like, it just didn't occur to me to plan out that far. Because before the tour, I had a lot of stuff going on. Because I started my tour at the end of May, and all of May was Asian Heritage Month. And so uh, I was really fortunate to work with some really great producers um, that put on really big shows for Asian Heritage Month. And I got some press coverage and stuff like that. So there was just, like, a lot of stuff going on before I left for tour. And anyway, so after the tour, I kind of thought... I hadn't thought about it until I got on tour when I was in Alberta. There, it just like struck me that I would come home from tour and have nothing to do. I don't really have that many shows lined up in in, in Toronto. And like, you know, I, I'm not hired to, once this show stops shooting, I haven't auditioned while I've been on tour. So I have nothing lined up that could even come in. And then I thought I might go home and just like be really sad about it. But luckily while I was on tour, I just randomly got an email um, from someone who works in casting. I don't know them very well personally, but I'll see them at the casting houses. And they had a fringe play that they wanted to cast me in. And so they just offered me this part and it's a really great play. And I'm so flattered they asked me to do it. It's called Clothes Swap. It's going to be at the Toronto Fringe Festival. So now I'm going to be doing that when I get back. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else you'd like to plug before we wrap up? Um, I mean, I just want to plug this show, I guess. It's it's a really great cast. It's a lot of Second City alumni and, like, uh, comedians that I really look up to that are, you know, in comedy years ahead of me. So I normally, I don't think, would have access to those people. So I'm really flattered to be in the same cast as them. And the show itself is really cool. The show... It's called Clothes Swap. It's about, I mean, it's about a lot of things, but it's a, it's a, it's a cast of five women and it's a show about like their relationships and their struggles and uh, their privileges. And they also touch on themes of like women's fashion and women's body image issues and things like that, which I think is all really great. And they're putting it up at the textile museum in Toronto. And when you go see the show, you're encouraged to bring your old clothes and then we use them in the show in an improvised segment and like we like make jokes about them and wear them and stuff like that. And then at the end of the show, all of those clothes get donated, which I think is such a great initiative. So I'm really excited to do it. And the timing lined up perfectly. Like I get back from tour. So I'm done my tour at the end of next week and then I shoot I go back just to shoot my last day on that TV show on the Friday. And then on Monday, we do the table read. So it just lined up perfectly. And then we do rehearsal. And then the fringe is the first two or three weeks of July. So now I've got cool. the next it's a like quick month. turnaround. Yeah, I've never done theater before either. It's like all really exciting. I'm, I've never done like long form theater, you know, even stand up. Like, I'm not a headliner, so I'm not doing, like, an hour on stage. So I think that'll be really fun. And, you know, we get to work with directors, and the the girls that are in the show wrote it, so it's, like, a really tight production. And they're really professional. I'm really impressed with the way they're putting everything together. They've got, like, sponsors and publicity and just all this stuff I wouldn't even think about. I don't even know how to put plays together. So I'm just, like, so flattered and thrilled to be along for that ride. Where can people follow you online? Uh, I'm uh, my handle is at the Cassie Cow. My last name is spelled C A O, and I 
think that's it. <laughs> I think I have the same handle for everything. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter a lot, but I'm trying to do more stuff on Instagram. I don't know. I think online's fun, and I, I really like doing uh, uh, Instagram stories a lot. Right now, it's all just about how much I hate the buses in Vancouver. Right. Well, that's the uh, <laughs> that's tapping into the zeitgeist um, there. That sounds like it, it's like a saying for this show, but it's not. Maybe I should, maybe I've got to start saying that. Yeah, you have to brand it. Tapping into the zeitgeist, <laughs> and then play my air horn. But this is my soundboard. So anyway, thanks so much for coming. Oh my gosh, absolutely! Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for listening, everybody. You can follow the Cave Goblin Network on all social media at Cave Goblins, or check out what we're doing over on CaveGoblins.com. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and a review on iTunes or Podchaser. It's the best way you can help the show for free. If you're feeling a little more generous, head over to patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins for some exclusive content. I've been Doug Vandalay, and this has been Comedy Zeitgeist. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.